and welcome back, everyone, to the Pastor Patrick Podcast. We talk everything sports news, sports related, and sports world is going strong. NFL preseason is back. Football is back. Uh, haven't had a podcast for a little while, but, you know, we're back now, so it's all good. We're going to talk a little uh, Lamar Jackson today. We're going to talk a little uh, preseason, some of my front runners. We got a little NBA news, um, but all in all, it's going to be a good sport today. I haven't had a podcast, like I mentioned, for last couple weeks. Been taking a little break. Going to be uh, taking a little break coming up this next week. Um, but when the NFL season gets into its uh, full swing, we're going to get back to a normal schedule. So I want to talk a little bit, though, about pre-NFL season and some of the talking that's going on uh, regarding the Lamar Jackson contract talks. Now, we all know that Lamar Jackson is a top five QB. At least I have him in a top five QB. It enamors me when people keep him out of the top five. Uh, when, they, when they're when putting him at even outside the top ten. It, it, it's ridiculous. And with the passing game that's in the NFL right now, it allows quarterbacks to move around, play longer, have more longevity. They're not getting hit as much. Tom Brady's an example of that. But yet there are still doubts surrounding Lamar Jackson and what he brings to the table for the Baltimore Ravens. Lamar Jackson has had his ups and downs through the last, you know, few years. But one thing that I'll say about Jackson is, despite last season, every year he has progressively got better in some way. And even last season, he's he's gotten better in different ways. Uh, some of some of his stats last year, if you look at if you look at just when he's been in the league, his completion percentage has gone up 52, 58.2. That's what he started out as. And it went 66.1, 64.4, 64.4. That's his QBR from the last four years in Baltimore. And, you know, when he won the MVP, he went 13-2. and two. He had his most yards ever, 3,127. And he threw 36 touchdowns. Um... He threw, only, uh, he threw only six interceptions. So the, the rating that year was 113.3. So last year was the first year that, you know, he wasn't as dominant. But, but here's my biggest issue with what people say about Lamar Jackson. Oh, the style that he plays, uh, it can't be sustained. Well, they've been sustaining it in, you know, Baltimore for four years. So we, we need to get off that. What's the next argument here? Because if the argument is something that we can't control or you're speculating it's going to happen, that's just ridiculous. My, Here's my thing. RG3, trust me, I know how it was in Washington when the RG3 era was in full swing. There were a lot of times you looked at the screen, uh, screen and you were like, don't make that run, don't, don't do that. But RG3, I believe, he had a powerful arm. But he wasn't really trained on how to use it. Washington, there's always been dysfunction. So it wasn't any real big surprise when things really started going south there in Washington. Uh, the owner, you know, got involved, meddled. Um, for some reason, we had Kirk Cousins. I don't know if Mike Shanahan really wanted RG3. Uh, nobody knows that situation except for the people in that room. And RG3 has commented on some of it. But... I never agreed with what people said about RG3. Change his game. It's not sustainable. Yes, he did get hurt. 
but instead of gradually working, you know, the passing in and moving moving things around, the offense, it, it seemed that, and granted, it could have been that RG3 had maybe some difficult tendencies personality-wise. Maybe he didn't rub people the right way in the locker room, so that could have been a factor. But you can't take away the fact that they didn't utilize the passing game. They didn't work it in very gradual. Um, they, they set their sights on he was a runner, so they're going to run the offense, a lot of play action, bootlegs, which is fine. You can do that. But, you know, RG3 had the tendency to take off and make a play. And so I'll agree, when you play that style, when you play like RG3 did, it's not sustainable. But when you play like Lamar Jackson has, where they've done a pretty good job of, of trying to balance it out. Um, they've let him be him. They've let, they you know, I've, I believe they've taught him how to be safe when running. So it's completely two different situations. But when you have you know, a more stable franchise like the Ravens with a quarterback like Lamar Jackson, who, uh, you know, has, I, I think RG3 had, I, I don't know if he was as elusive as Lamar Jackson. I think RG3 had more track-centered speed, so he, on a straight line, I think he could beat Lamar Jackson speed-wise. Um, he had he had amazing speed. But I hate the stipulation that you shouldn't pay this guy because of, you know, sustainability and the play is not your traditional, yes, it's it's not a traditional, you know, quarterback from what we've seen in the previous years, but it is becoming more common as the years go on. Uh, the running gun style, the, the rules are centered towards a quarterback. I wouldn't be so concerned as giving Lamar Jackson this long-term deal, you know, as some. He, he's shown that he can hold up, not be too injured, <clears throat> and you know, have, have a good career. The Ravens need to lock him up. They need to get this deal done. They need to meet, meet his demand, sign him. Because I, I hate to break it to you, but the owners that are trying to wiggle out of what the Haslam's did with Deshaun Watson, it's it's not going to work forever. Players are going to want guaranteed money. Okay, they're going to want guaranteed money. Whether they negotiate that stipulation in the next CBA, we'll see. Uh, that that could be a big leading factor into that. I'm, I'm not too sure. But the players are going to want their money. Okay, and Lamar Jackson wants his money. And that's 100% fair of Lamar Jackson. You can't, you, you can't deny talent, okay? Yes, Mahomes has an amazing arm, but Mahomes has been dinged up. He's ran sometimes. He's got an amazing arm. And I'm, not, I'm not trying to compare Lamar Jackson to Mahomes because Mahomes clearly has the better arm out of the two. But Lamar Jackson has a very good arm. Very good power, very good accuracy. He's improved on it. It wasn't it wasn't pretty starting out, but he has improved each year. So you, you can't say that, oh, it's affected his play. Look at now it's catching up to him. It's not. The Ravens here would be smart too to re-sign him. Deshaun Watson got 230 million guaranteed. Okay. Uh, Kyler Murray got quite a lot guaranteed. I think the Kyler Murray contract uh could have been a little more. I think Kyler Murray and Lamar Jackson should have made a little bit more over. Deshaun Watson, because what has Deshaun Watson truly done? Truly, what has he done? Eh, not too much, in my opinion. Lamar's done 10 times more. Uh, MVP, jersey sales, electrifying player. I think he's more talented than Deshaun Watson. So, all in all, the Ravens need to re-sign him. They got to get the deal done. Because, you know, he doesn't have an agent. Uh, it's reported that he has his mother or him that's negotiating the contract personally, which can be difficult. 
um, when it comes to hearing the truth about you know your style of play. Who knows if that's affected it? If he's had some you know harsh things said to him because when you have an agent, he buffers all of that. They'll they'll tell the agent, hey, we don't like the way this guy is playing. We don't like how your client handles his you know his ability at, at plays. We don't like that he puts himself in danger. We're not a fan of his accuracy. When you're being told that as an agent, you then relay some stuff to your client that you may leave out some details. Oh yeah, they they really they like what you can do. Um, they like your accuracy. They you know they think we could improve on this. You know, in a little bit of a buffer. He's not getting a buffer in Baltimore. They're being very honest and very truthful with him. So I I just see this Lamar Jackson thing as getting dragged out, and it shouldn't get dragged out. It should be handled very quickly. I think a fair contract is two hundred and forty million guaranteed. Yeah, I just think it is. Uh, the owners make so much off of jersey sales. They make so much off of you know ads, revenue, income, ticket sales. The NFL is a billion dollar corporation. You you can afford to pay some of these top tier guys. Finally, some of the money that they deserve. You know, in the NBA, uh, they get the supermax, which I believe is around two hundred forty five, two hundred fifty, maybe two hundred sixty million um, when they're eligible, and that's guaranteed. So the it's not very good how the CBA is set up because I think there could be a little more um, leeway when it comes to giving some of these players guaranteed money. Uh, quarterbacks, in my opinion, the the Mahomes deal, uh, I, I think that's a good deal that he got. Ten years, you don't see that a lot in the NFL, uh, locking players up for ten years. And I think you got like $497 uh, million. So that, that deal right there, I really like that deal. Uh, but again, it was spaced over 10 years. So it isn't as you know harsh as the Jimmy Haslam, the Browns, when they went out and got Deshaun. I think they only did like five years at $230 million. They didn't do like a 10-year deal. And so that's where some of the owners have issues with. So what, what needs to happen is very simple. You need to give Lamar $240 million, guaranteed. Uh, space it out over, I believe, maybe an eight-year period. I think I think he would do that. Uh, you show that you value him more than a lot of quarterbacks in the league, uh, and then he may play. He may adapt different qualities that you want to see him adapt. You know, you, you don't know, and and nobody really knows the conversations that are happening behind the scenes. What the Ravens are actually saying to Lamar Jackson. What is Lamar Jackson's feelings on this? But. You trade away all his receivers, which is very interesting. You trade away all his receivers, and then you want him to succeed as a passer. So the Ravens are giving mixed signals here on what they truly want. If they truly want Lamar to flourish as a passer, why are you trading away uh, Hollywood Brown? Uh, why are you trading away some of these guys that have been there and can do good? Why are you focusing it doesn't add up. The Ravens need to stop messing around with this. The Ravens have an opportunity here to be the stable franchise, pay the man, get it over with. You don't run into Lamar Jackson's every day. Trust me, I know. You don't. Look, we ran into RG3, and what happened? We haven't run into another RG3. So you got to move, you know, heaven and earth to get this contract done. you got to get him signed. And you got to pay him accordingly. Don't try and cheapen out on it. You can't, you can't. Um, so just just hoping to see the Lamar Jackson 
deal get done and he gets his contract and we can all move on because right now if I was him I wouldn't go into the season playing I just wouldn't I would I would say I'm not gonna play look I've bet on myself for four years and it paid off it's time for you to pay me paid off now pay me oh so Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irvin have been spotted working out together um you know despite trade rumors and some people are saying is it you know good sign or is it mean they're coming back to Brooklyn I don't think it means nothing um, I'm going to tell you why I think that Kevin Durant and Kyrie are sick of the Nets and they're sick of how they've ran um, I'm sorry I'm, I'm going to be honest I'm going to be honest here Brooklyn excuse me Kevin Durant's you're not going to win a title with Kevin Durant I, I don't know I don't know what 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 the owner's thinking I don't know what fans are thinking I don't know what GM's thinking you're not going to win a title you got to trade him you're just not. It's a fact. You're not winning a title with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving in that building. You don't call for the GM and coach's job and say it's them or me publicly and then uh, show up, hey, coach, what's the game plan? I'm still trying to get you fired, but what's the game plan? That just doesn't work. Kyrie and Kevin Durant, I believe, are still friends. I believe they have hated the way the Brooklyn Nets have handled things, and that's all there is to it. I think Kevin Durant wanted Kyrie to be, get his big deal done um, to solidify it for the next four years because KD's there for the next four years. So I think he wanted Kyrie to get paid, and they decided not to because Kyrie is up and down. And we heard uh, the remarks made by uh, Sean Marks, I believe, or the GM for the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, I believe that's his name. Um, we heard him say that he wants players here that want to be here. He came out and made those statements. So when you have a player, and it's sad because KD has now gotten thrown in with the flaky players of the NBA. He just has. So he wants out still. I That's what I believe wholeheartedly. He wants out. He is going to, it's hard to know where he's going to go. I think the Nets, they have two options here. I say trade him to a terrible team or just sit him. Don't let him play. Just sit him. Okay, like enough's enough. You're not going to win a title with him. So if you're going to trade him, that's the option I would do. But if you're just going to play him in hopes that he's going to want come around and stay, I, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. It's just not. And uh, I think they're waiting to move uh, Kyrie till they see the Kevin Durant, uh, you know, speculation work itself out where he's going to go. I think they're trying to move him. But, you know, the KD and Kyrie spotted working out, and I, I don't think it's at a Nets facility. I think you know, Trey Young was there, too. Uh, see, seeing them working out means nothing to me. I, I never agreed with the people that said they're not friends anymore, and there's a rift, and that's why KD wants out. No, there's a rift between Kyrie, KD, and the Brooklyn Nets. Steve Nash and Sean Marks. There's a rift between there. So to say that, oh... It's going to work out now. You know, you don't have to worry. Brooklyn's, we're here still. The Nets are going to win. No, you've had your time. You've had your opportunity. I don't know why people are pushing for the Nets to continue uh, this uh, this trend. So, we're going to see what happens. It's going to be a very interesting uh, scenario. What the Brooklyn Nets do... <laughs> <laughs> what Kyrie KD do? That has been a story through the summer that I have tried to dissect and figure out why the Brooklyn Nets are still keeping him. Uh, what do they gain from this? It, it has certainly been a story that I have wasted a lot of time talking about. I've just wasted it. I'm, I'm sick of talking about it. 
I'm just sick of talking about it. They, they need to trade these guys. They need to get them out of the building. Um, it's reported that the Lakers now are going to offer two first-round picks. Uh, the, the Nets turned it down. I don't know why. Uh, I, I truly don't. I don't know what the Nets are holding on here for. you got to get these distractions out of the building. And you know what we've seen with the NBA, and this is just the current trend. Um, teams don't want three big superstars um, taking up all the cap, running the show, uh, determining if they want to be there year on year. That's just not healthy for business uh, as a company. Since it's not healthy, if your employees are going to go up and down and wonder if they're going to come in the next day to the office, that's just not healthy. You can't run anything like that. You need to know these guys want to be there. So what we're seeing now is the Memphis Grizzlies. We're seeing the Golden State Warriors. You know, we're seeing those two teams. We're seeing the Boston Celtics. Right? We're seeing Utah. Uh, they had to break that down and start rebuilding. But we're seeing these guys um, say, look, we have a strong young core. That works for us. Let's utilize that. Now, let's not utilize uh, three big superstars and then have no depth. Because even though that has worked in the past, I think teams like, even the Miami Heat, I think teams like having options and keeping their options open. And I am 100% for movement, whatever you do. I think you can move around, uh, earn more. I think you can, if it benefits you, I am fine with that. But I also think when you sign a contract like KD did, and when you sign certain things, and this is one thing LeBron has always done, he has always held up his end of the bargain with teams. He has always moved. Everyone says he jumps in teams and moves around. Okay, he does that when he's a free agent. He doesn't do that when he is just signed a four-year deal and it goes into effect July. This deal isn't even in place. It's like 160 some million guaranteed for four years. And it hasn't even gone in place yet. It hasn't even taken effect. So the argument that LeBron James is in the same boat as Kevin Durant is just ridiculous. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. So here's what I would love to see happen. I would love to see KD traded. Um, because even though I believe that you shouldn't cave players certain demands, because it's reported that some teams are saying, hold the line, Brooklyn, don't give in, we need to change certain things, I think you're not going to gain anything in this situation. I say you hold him until a week before the season, then trade him. Because even though you know I say that these teams need to take some power back from the players, um, I think it should be a 50-50 deal. I think both... both the owners, both the players, should come to an agreement where if you sign a four-year deal, and I think Adam Silver, and the NBA is going to be calling for this in the next contract negotiation. I think they are going to call for certain fines, certain penalties to come to players that want out. I think that would just be smart. And then if the player wants out after two years, that's fine. But at least give the team something that you're playing for. I'm all for mobility. But when you sign a deal, you know, a recent deal and a big deal at that, and it hasn't even gone into effect, at least give them something to go off of. You're making it very impossible, very tricky for these teams uh, to make moves and put players around you by doing this. I hope the KD Kyrie situation gets worked out because I'm sick of talking about it. And I just talked about it for another eight minutes, so <laughs> I hope it gets worked out. Um, one of my favorite segments that we always do here on the podcast, the highs and lows. Oh, just take it away. I mean, I dropped out in the fourth grade. 
to run drugs to support me now. That means you have to know the triumphs and defeats, the epic highs and lows of high school football. Thank you, Archie. And Nana needs um, taken care of with those uh, drugs, uh, the drug money. So uh, my highs and lows of the week, I want to talk about this um, because my low of the week is kind of a high of the week. But my low of the week is Deshaun Watson because here we go, a broken record talking about uh, Deshaun Watson and all the drama that's surrounding him again. Uh, my low of the week is that Deshaun Watson got suspended only 11 games and a fine of $5 million. Now, some people take that as a win because it's better than the six games uh, that Sue Robinson had uh, put into effect. But no, you shouldn't blame Sue Robinson for that because she was just going off of uh, what the guidelines said the NFL gave her. Update your... Uh, paperwork your mandates so that I can do these certain things um so the NFL I believe did do the right thing they appealed Goodell wanted a year suspension I would have loved the year suspension you honestly I I still think the 11 games is not enough that's just my opinion you will not please everyone that is also true you will not please everyone so I I think that uh the Deshaun Watson storyline is something that will continue to follow but all in all, I just kind of I wish would have got the he would have got the you know year long suspension and a little more money fined because the Cleveland Browns uh, one of the reasons that everyone was kind of mad at Cleveland is they went around and they did stuff very sneaky uh, they got this deal signed um, without proper uh, you know they didn't think about it a lot they didn't think of how it would reflect the NFL they. They kind of just went about it like the Browns would go about it, the dysfunctional uh, organization that the Browns are. And my high of the week that, you know, I'd love to talk about my highs of the week. Uh, Sue Bird, 41, she becomes the oldest player to record a, a WNBA playoff double-double in a, the Storm win game two. Uh, just love to see that. Sue Bird has been in the WNBA for a long time. Uh, definitely all the accolades that come with her as a longevity award she's definitely gotten them <laughs> and I, I think it's great for the WNBA I don't talk enough about the WNBA but you know good for her she you know had a great week and so uh, happy for that um, and you know I, I hate talking about the Deshaun Watson drama I just do it, it's it's not it's not fun it's it's very sad what the whole situation that's been handled um, I, I think it's, I think that when they originally did the six games, I think that that was kind of a slap in the face to all the women. And I know Sue Robinson had no, you know, she couldn't, you know, do anything else just because of the legalities and the different stuff that was going on. And she, she couldn't suspend him longer, but I think the NFL should have just said, that's not good enough. We wanted a year long suspension. Here, here it is. Here's your year-long suspension. Because they had the power to do that. Goodell has the power to do that. But then would come along with what? It would come along with the lawsuit. It would come along with the Players Association being frustrated because they came to this agreement in the CBA where it would be a third party that would decide certain players' um, suspensions, fines, etc. So they, you know, Goodell didn't have all the power. And but the pa the proper paperwork wasn't in place for the this new agreement because in it it said that if Goodell wanted to all the power could just go back to him. So it's funny how that works out. Uh, again, nobody would have been happy with what 
whatever the circumstance would be. Um, so I think that, you know, given what everything, given everything that's happened, Deshaun Watson being suspended 11 games, could have been better, could have been worse, you're not going to please everyone. Uh, and that's kind of what's going on in the NFL, those are the biggest storylines uh, that are happening. So, you know, I want to take a little bit to talk about some of my favorite moments in the preseason, what I've seen that's good, um... Also, where is Tom Brady? Nobody knows. We're going to keep an eye out on the Tom Brady watch, watch and we're going to see just what happens with him. Uh, it was reported, of course, that his mother may be having some medical issues, and so he pulled away from the game. Um, also reported that it could have been, you know, maybe uh, he wasn't too happy with how things worked out with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and everything that happened with them. That could be it, too. A lot of different speculations of, of what's going on. I think he'll return. He, he, You know, these players, we've seen it with the Rams. They don't have to play in the preseason. It is kind of strange he's not there. Um, so, I, Tom Brady, that situation will work itself out. I don't want to spend too much time on that because I don't think there's a lot of drama with that. And I don't think there's a lot of stuff people should be worried about. If you're a Buccaneers fan, he's coming back. Uh, give him some time. Uh you just got to give it time. It'll work itself out. Tom Brady's a professional. Whatever he does, he'll be professional about it. Um, Tampa, you're going to have him as your quarterback. He doesn't need to be a training. Or he doesn't even need to be a camp. He doesn't need to be a preseason. He knows the system. Uh, he, he, of course, you know, a little bit of chemistry with the young receivers would be good. But he has the chemistry with Chris Godwin. He's got it with Mike Evans, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I think he will miss Gronk. I, I'm going to miss Gronk in the NFL. I, everyone loved Gronk. He was fun to watch. Uh, so Tom Brady, that situation will work out. Um, what I've seen from my Washington Commanders, because the Washington Commanders debuted, and I love the Washington Commanders, and I saw some good stuff from Wentz. I saw some stuff I wasn't a fan of. Uh, Sam Howe, I like Sam Howe. I think uh, they could, you know, he's getting reported. He's getting uh, first-team reps. He's getting first-team reps. So they, they've told Carson, you know, we're going to give him some first-team reps. Uh, and Ron Rivera said, you never know if you don't throw him in there and see what you got. So... Uh, you know, maybe he could give Carson Wentz a, a, you know, a little bit of a competition there at the starting quarterback uh, position. I don't know. I, I still think Carson's going to be the starter. They they went out and got Carson. And Carson, I like what I've seen. I think I think Carson Wentz gets a lot of hate. I mean, the guy threw 27 touchdowns to seven picks. He had a great QBR rating last year. Uh, I, I liked what I saw. I think Jim Irsay him going out and getting Matt Ryan shows more immaturity than him just sticking with Wentz because what are you doing there in Indianapolis? I mean, Matt Ryan's good, but what have we seen? We've seen them go through Phillip Rivers and then Carson Wentz now and then Matt Ryan. It just seems a little sketchy there. It, it seems a little sketchy there in Indianapolis. So all in all, I can't wait to see what Carson does for the Commanders. Um, I love that, you know, Terry McLaurin's back. We have him. Uh, he seems to be doing well running routes, getting open. Jahani Dotson, I love the speed he's shown. Curtis Samuel, I like Curtis Samuel. I don't love Curtis Samuel. I think we could have traded Curtis Samuel uh, to somebody for another receiver that I think could surpass Curtis Samuel. Curtis Samuel, excuse me. Um, so, you know, and I love what I've seen from Kenny Pickett. Uh, for the Pittsburgh Steelers, I love what I've seen. He came in, had them a game-winning drive, and Trubisky's a great uh, bridge quarterback. I think they're going to start Trubisky, but I think around week three they're going to throw Kenny Pickett in. 
I could be wrong. Maybe Kenny Pickett will go ahead and just beat out Trubisky, you know, and start the season. But I think you could get away with, you know, having the first couple real NFL games, you know, Kenny Pickett watch them, get a good understanding, and then come in and take over for Trubisky because I think Kenny Pickett is going to take off. I had my concerns early on um, what kind of player he would be, but he's big, he's strong, he's what Pittsburgh loves. So I think Kenny Pickett's going to be um, just fine there in Pittsburgh. I think it's going to work out uh, perfect for him. Um, I love the fact that Kyler Murray is standing over there this last weekend and calling offensive plays. I think that's actually smart. Um, I think that's uh, I think that's really good to have him calling the plays, getting uh, that point of view from it. These are the things I like teams doing. I like teams thinking outside of the box, saying, hey, how can we make Kyler Murray a little bit better, improve a little bit more in the passing game, uh, you know, just overall get better at looking at the defenses and breaking down defenses, have him call plays, have him take over, call some plays for the offensive coordinator. Offensive coordinator doesn't need to call plays all the time. He does that during the regular season. Give give a young guy, you know, hey, you call the plays today, we're going to see what happens. So I love when teams do that kind of stuff. Uh, I, I just love it. Um, I don't talk a lot of Cowboys because I'm not a Cowboys fan. I do talk about when they have dysfunction, but I'm going to just bring out something I saw. Uh, Turpin, I love him. Two, I think kickoff return and a punt return. Guy was in the USFL last uh, season. Uh, Cowboys brought him to training camp. Said, hey, make a run at what you uh, want to do. Make a run at it. He's doing great. I love what I saw. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Uh, leave a review. Subscribe. Hit that follow button on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, also, hit me up on my social media accounts, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all that good stuff. We'll catch you guys next time. This is Pass to Patrick.